So hello and welcome to this um, lockdown version podcast of the Generation Gap Show from Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. Um, I'm Clive Glover and I'm a baby boomer. So that means that I was a youngster back in the 1960s and 70s. And each week I talk to someone of a different generation and compare our notes and compare our ideas and what we think about things going on at the moment. And obviously, there's only one thing going on at the moment, which we want to talk about. So we'll talk about that. And I'd like to welcome Chloe, who Hello. is a millennial. Hello, a millennial. And she'll undoubtedly have a different view about the lockdown. So I suppose the first question, Chloe, is it's been seven weeks now when we're recording this that we've been locked down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not strictly a lockdown. In countries like Spain, people were literally told to stay in their homes and that's it. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, we have been able to go out and about. I think you, like me, live in an area where actually going out and about is quite nice because we're in sort of country areas. We've got footpaths and things like that. Yes. And also, we, I think, I presume you live in a house as well, so you've got a garden. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, I have. Um, that's obviously different from a lot of people living in big cities, particularly like London, where they may be in a small flat, perhaps with you know a whole family, two children, whatever. And it must be really quite awful after all this time. Oh, definitely. But, um, let's see. So, firstly, um, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a bit weird. It's been you know a bit of a challenge on what to do because obviously when it all kicked off, I mean personally I was like, yes, great, I've got time on my hands. I can I can do this. I can do that. And I've kind of like <laughs> done everything I wanted to do, and now I'm kind of sat here like, oh, okay, I need more ideas now. Oh, I found there's all these things that I kept saying to myself, oh, I'll do that one day. And mm-hmm. I still haven't done many of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Same here. Definitely. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to sort out the garage, but I haven't done that. And my excuse is that the local recycling centre is closed anyway, of course. Uh, so I, well, if I yeah. sort anything out, I can't take anything down to it. Well, I, I think they're opening up again soon. So, hey, don't worry about it. You can still do it. <laughs> well, I know. I did. I did get quite excited. I saw a notice saying they were opening up. And then I realised they're opening up some of them, but not the one near me. Mm. So Typical, there you go. isn't it? Right. So anyway, I mean, also, I mean, you, you are living with your family in your house. Yes. So um, you've obviously got, it's not like being by yourself. No. Which no. I think makes quite a difference. And I'm sure you're all getting on fantastically, aren't you? Of course we are. Of course. No arguments here. <laughs> Just <laughs> as like I'm sure here, you yes. are as well. <laughs> That's right. Well, obviously I've got my wife and my two children here who are both millennials as well. So they're grown ups. Yeah. And um, so we're all, uh, we're all doing fine. Um <laughs> Now, what sort of things are you doing at home? I mean, obviously you're doing um, perhaps more cooking is one of the things we seem to be doing a lot more of. Yes. Um, well, so what we've done is uh, we take it in turns each night in the household and who's going to be the chef that night. So um, because it was getting to a point where like all of us kind of needed something to do in the evening and quite a lot of us were liking the idea of cooking. So we've kind of like shared it out and um, each night someone is the chef. I think tonight it's actually my mum who's chef and I'm like, you know, helper. Um, but yeah, it just changes each night, each night and we're, we're trying out new ideas. We've we found a, um, like we found a new love for rice. <laughs> I know rice was a high demand in the shops, but we found new ways of of getting uh, of eating it. And um, and no, it's been it's quite interesting actually trying out different things. I'm sure, like most people, you've probably got a whole shelf full of recipe books that you haven't really ever used in some ways. So yeah, it's a good good excuse for trying that. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I am. Um, we have we have loads of recipe books, and um, I had um, we, we recently celebrated my birthday and my sister's birthdays. So um, my sister wanted um, a healthy a healthy meal for her birthday. So we made uh, homemade butternut squash burgers, and it, they were very tasty, very good. Took a lot of effort though, maybe a bit too much effort for what they were, but you know they were they were very good, very tasty. Because yeah, we we actually decided to go a bit overboard for the VE Day um, 75 celebrations. Ah, okay. So we, we got bunting and put flags up in the front garden. And mm-hmm. then we basically had a big picnic. And uh, both my children were busy for the whole day beforehand making cakes and flapjacks and all sorts of stuff. Oh, that's lovely. And it was a lovely hot sunny day. So we sat outside pretty much all afternoon right to the early evening yeah. um, and waving to neighbours and chatting to them and giving out some cakes to some people. Um, but the neighbours weren't quite as f- sort of helpful as we thought. There's only a few other people really joined in, which is oh, a bit really? unfortunate. Yeah, it's a bit sad. Ah, we, we, we made a sign that we put outside our grandparents' house, which was uh, quite good. People actually took pictures of it because they liked it that much. That was nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, we we were actually we had so much to do that day. We did say hello to our neighbours. They had a bit of a party in the street, and um, we did sit out for a couple of hours to say hello. But no, it was it was a nice day. It was nice to see everyone come together on that day. Yep, and we even found some nineteen forties music to play on a speaker all the time. Oh, lovely! <laughs> yeah, it was well, actually it was a Spotify playlist. To be honest, <laughs> I'm not surprised that they have everything for everything these days, don't they? Absolutely. Okay. So also, now the other thing I'm interested in is I know you actually have horses in your family. Well, not in your family, but um, so you um, presumably can still go out and look after them. And do you go riding on them? Have you done any of that recently? No. So the thing is, because of obviously what happened, the moment we found out that, you know, the stress the NHS was under, we said, we're not doing anything that could potentially risk us in any way. So um, we actually haven't ridden our horses in months now because we didn't just in case a freak accident happened and one of us fell off. We did not want to end up in A&E. So, um, so we haven't actually ridden them. We've literally been just grooming them, cleaning them out. Because, of course, the moment they said in the announcement, like, you know, you cannot go out unless absolutely necessary. Like, it is necessary for us to go out and sort out our horses. You can't just leave them. So, um, so yeah, at least we've had that as, like, a, a bit of a break up in the day for us to go muck out the horses, which usually, most of the time, isn't the top of your list of things to do. It's actually been a nice, like, getaway for a moment. So, oh, no, no, I've got to go muck out out the horses one moment we're back in a sec so yeah it's been it's been quite nice for that oh i thought probably might have had a bit more leisure time to go play with the horses if you play with them i'm not quite sure that's the right (laughs) term (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i mean we'd love to but no because just in case of the risks and whatnot we we couldn't do it you know we uh, just in case so yeah we've just been uh, grooming them and, and sorting them out and giving them their feed and making sure they've been looked after that sounds right and make sure they know they're not forgotten Yes, exactly. No, we, we we could never forget them. They'd never let us forget them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, yeah, we don't have any pets here, but um, we have lots of animals that seem to take over our garden, mainly cats, uh, but we've got lots of foxes these days. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen a couple in my garden too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so, all right. So during the thing, the other thing that most people seem to be doing a lot of is watching television, yeah. particularly sort of binging on box sets and things like that. Have you been doing some of that? Oh, I'm so guilty. Oh my God, it's so bad. I've gotten to a point now where I've, I'm, I'm watching between three shows and I and when I get bored of one, I'm on to the next. So at the moment, I'm watching, I'm catching up on the old episodes of Death in Paradise. 
and I've right. I've convinced myself I should be a detective because I I'm just figuring it all out. I'm so proud of myself, even though it's pretty much set up for you. But there you go, it's fine. I'll take that. And um, I've been watching um, spy shows and um, and like uni and like uh, basic shows. It a low wide range of mixes, but I've been watching shows that I've been dying to watch for ages, and like you just binge watch all of them it gets to a point where you get sucked into their world and you're kind of tripping out like oh god what's real Ed? what's real anymore i don't know but no yeah a yeah. lot of that, <laughs> lot of that. Well, i mean because i think for me i sort of found that i can watch several different sort of spy series or, or detective series yes but i can't watch more than about two or three at once because i get completely confused which one's which because they're all quite yeah. similar in many ways. You know? they, they are, they are. And then you get used to a certain style of how they do one show and then you swap to the next and you have to get used to that style. So, yeah, in regards to that, I could I see how you would... What what kind of shows do you watch then? What kind of spy shows do you watch? Well, a lot of them are the... Um, I, ask me, I kind of watch a lot of these uh, continental ones, you know, which are quite... Uh, quite good and very well made often um and they keep showing them there's certain times bbc four on saturday evenings for example yes. has a lot of these shows um but the one you should watch if you if you like death in paradise mm -hmm. you should look at the majorca files if you haven't seen it it's brilliant oh i have not seen that that sounds good it's um it's interesting because they, they make these programs which are sort of afternoon programs i never watch television in the afternoons like this uh, but that was one of them and it's called the majorca files it's only about eight episodes so it's not too dra drastic there's yeah. also one called shakespeare and hathaway i have seen that i have my my um my grandparents came to visit um a couple months ago and we were sat around one afternoon we said and we we saw it i thought oh let's put this on and no it, it is a very good show i have seen that one yes <laughs> it's, it's, i mean it's all quite similar it's sort of light-hearted detective shows which is quite yes. fun yeah well that, that's the best thing about like death in paradise because you watch the scenery and where they are you're like oh if only i could be there right now oh that'd be amazing well say so majorca files is something quite similar but set in majorca instead of a non-existent island in the caribbean ah okay then all right fair enough <laughs> okay so all right now the other thing is obviously um because um you're at home like everybody else you haven't been working no and so this is one of those things now we we we're recording this on the Monday after the Prime Minister's statement on Sunday evening. Mm -hmm. We haven't got all the details yet, but obviously there is a, an ambition to get people to start going back to work. And I think this is one of the things, presumably, that's going to be, <laughs> we've all got in the routine of not doing that, haven't we? So yes. how are you going to find that? Well, um, well, yeah, with working, I mean, unfortunately, my choice of work is, um, is the bottom of the list, I think, of places to open up. As I've said before, I work in a theatre. Yeah. So um, theatres are probably going to be the very last thing to open up after all of this. So in, re in regards to job-wise, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I don't think I'll be back there very soon, very quickly. But yeah, so, uh, but no, I mean, personally, I would like... I'd like something to come up soon to be able to go do something because it's not it's not only just going to work is it it's, it, I mean work it's not just the money it's the fact that you're you know meeting new people that you're talking that you're socializing and that you're you know you're doing something occupying yourself and actually feeling like you're, you've been productive and useful that day and um and for me that's what I'm really missing right now you know actually going out and doing stuff and and coming home and feeling tired because I've actually done something that day instead of doing nothing and just binge watching Netflix you know yeah now of course I mean I understand I mean theatres are going to be really difficult because I thought this through um, you know, if you've got to keep your social distances in a theatre, then presumably you'd have to have every other row sort of blocked off. Yep. And then every, every 
couple of seats maybe for everybody there's a family group of two or three of you together or something then two or more seats either side of you kept as well and I reckon that means you probably only have about 20-25% of the capacity filled up. Oh definitely. Which I imagine was basically makes it completely unviable for most productions. Well, also as well, I mean, some shows people book a year in advance, you know, as soon as their tickets come available because a show's so popular, people will book it. So that would mean 75% of people will be told, sorry, you can have your money back, but you're not seeing the show. I mean, that's that's devastating, you know. And how, how do they pick between who can come and who can't? You know, it's it's tricky. Well, also, I mean, in the actual play itself, of course, the actors, if they had to all keep two metres apart, would presumably ruin practically every show you can think of well oh i know it just it just really wouldn't work would it i mean i mean dance shows everything it just wouldn't work at all i see the bbc's having trouble trying to work out if they can do strictly come dancing this year which again um i can imagine it's quite difficult to do they could find dances where you don't actually go anywhere near your partner Well, yeah, because they're also talking about like football as well and how to do that. And some people have been saying, oh, you know, you could isolate the players for two weeks, make sure they're not ill and then let them go out on the pitch and then isolate them again afterwards. Just a very long process just for one moment. You know, it's just a bit like they have to really weigh out the cost of is it worth it? Yeah. Now, one thing I want to ask you as a young person um, Mm -hmm. and is that there's been stories that a lot of people are basically flouting the rules in terms of um, not really taking seriously the um, distancing and so on and, and also meeting up with their friends in parks that sort of thing and I have to say that most of the stories basically point at young people between the age of sort of 20 to 30 of course and so, so, so obviously they're the guilty ones now I have noticed some people around here in that situation I've got a local park and there's people who are sort of basically chatting together who clearly mm-hmm. aren't a family group. So, I mean, that's it. But there is an issue as well, um, which is that on the face of it, from all the statistics we've seen, people of your age are basically unlikely to be very seriously ill. And obviously, there's, it's not no risk, but the risks no. are much, much lower. So there is a sort of argument, which I'm not necessarily going to make myself on this because I'm not an expert, that, you know, it's probably less dangerous and perhaps, you know, young people could be allowed a little bit of um, extra freedom. Do you think that's a, a practical thing or do you think that's just sort of something which um, it's hard to segregate people by yeah. age? See, personally, from my point of view, which I've said from the get go, I mean, obviously, as you said, younger people aren't as at risk. But I mean, for me, I personally want to keep as far away from other people as I can, not for my sake, but for the sake of like my grandparents and for the sake of older people in my family. Because in my current situation at the moment, I've had to um, uh, I've had to go take things to my grandparents and, and check on them and make sure they're okay and drop things off. And if I had anything on me that I could potentially pass, even though I'm not going near them, I mean, that that would really that would upset me. That would break my heart. So from my point of view, I think that's more important. And I think, yes, yes young people aren't prone to get it as much but just but they can also carry it you know that we don't know how this works yet by all means if we find out exactly how it works and how it travels and who can catch it then fine then it'll be a lot more easy to group people off and say right you can go you can't that's fine but until then for safety reasons and for the sake of just in case I would say if if you don't need to go don't go but but I mean but then saying that as well the other day I was driving down the road and one of my neighbours, it was obviously their birthday and they'd invited a couple of their friends over and they sat on the front 
um, on their front garden with deck chairs and the deck chairs were two metres apart from one another and they were sat chatting. And technically that is not in breach of the rules. They are two metres apart. They are outside, which means, you know, it should be cleaner air. So I don't know, it, it gets to a point where in the technicalities, what is right and what is wrong? I don't know. It, it, I think it also then is on people's judgment as well. But I mean, not some people's judgment might not match other people's judgment, but it's a very tricky situation, I think, at the moment on how to cool that, really. Yeah, I think that I, I agree with you in, in terms of obviously, you know, if all young people lived in a town all by themselves and there was nobody else around, as it were, it would be different. But clearly, most people will have um, older relatives and even it doesn't have to be very old like you say your grandparents mm. um, obviously you, your parents age are also more vulnerable um, yes. to these things as well and we don't really know the extent of this um, I'm in the same position in the sense my um, my mother-in-law lives just around the corner from here and we've been doing shopping and getting medicines and things and knocking on a door and then stepping out the way and leaving on the doorstep that kind of stuff mm. although she's actually quite well and goes out herself as well to shop so um, it's not so bad but you're right obviously everyone one has those connections or nearly yeah. everyone must do yeah okay well uh, so but also as well when you were saying about like you know different ages and like the younger people like just the other day I was in the park and there were a group of mothers sat underneath the shade whilst their children were playing in the park and at first I thought right could they be key workers looking after like NHS staff children like they're this is a nursery but then when you looked at the children looked how alike they were and also these women it was, it was a bit more obvious no these are friends meeting up and letting their children play now then I mean I don't know it, it, I mean I would I don't think I'd ever really say anything because it's not really my place to say but it's like but is that right yes fair enough you sat outside but your children are playing with each other could be passing things on you don't know you know it's, it's a tricky situation well that's the point really in terms of people have put up with this for seven weeks now mm-hmm. and I suppose in the beginning it was a bit of a sort of was it just something which oh this is a bit strange and people started dealing with it by now people have settled into routines but obviously I think a lot of people are actually a bit frustrated and, and clearly again as I said at the beginning you know you and I we both live in places where we're in houses we've got gardens yeah. we've got parks and, and we've got footpaths and things all around the place we can walk around and we're out in the countryside and by farms within a, a few minutes yeah. so we're pretty lucky and you know, even more for me I don't know about you but um, we've got a whole parade of shops which are only sort of five minute walk away. Yeah, exactly. So, so you've got, yeah, so it's a lot more easy for you. But of course, if someone's stuck in a flat, I mean, with the new rules changing now, the fact that they said you can do as much exercising as, as you want. So at least those stuck in flats can actually go out for the day and go for long walks and, and go do that, you know, and actually get out and about and, and will not be like pulled up on being out all day. It That gives them a bit more. But no, I agree because it's, it, I mean, as you said, when it first all kicked off, people are like, oh, okay, you know, we'll see, you know, fine. Yeah, we've got to do it. Let's get on with it. But seven weeks now, it's a bit like, especially when we see other countries who are now opening their shops and, and letting people go out and about and, you know, going to the beach and that people are now going to start to get a bit testy, I think now, where they're like, can we go out now? You know, because it's, it's hard. It's hard being trapped indoors all the time. Well, it is. And in fact, um, I mean, I remember right at the beginning, they did actually say this is probably going to be 12 weeks or three months, which is mm. a similar period, I suppose. And that's now what's been really repeated, that it's going to be another few weeks. Yeah. Um, and, we're now heading up towards the summer when most people will be starting to look forward to all those holidays they've booked on the Spanish costas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's becoming increasingly apparent that no one's going to be able to do that no, because the air, airline industry is in a mess. Most of the country is still actually banning people coming in from any, practically everywhere. And although that might change over the next few weeks, 
Um, we're already going to be into June before that really sort of kicks off. And then if everybody suddenly could book holidays, then presumably it'd be a, a mad rush to try and do so. Yeah. And I think realistically, most people are going to be looking more like, oh, let's go to Cornwall. And I bet it will be Cornwall <laughs> yeah. rather than go, go abroad somewhere. So there'll be a rush like that. But then again, you'll be in huge traffic jams. The beaches will be packed. That's not going to be allowed really either, is it? Well, no. I mean, I think, though, this whole situation, I really hope it makes people think in future a lot more about, like, do I really need to get that plane? Do I really need to go abroad? Because I think it'll be so important after all this is done to support local businesses, to support, like, local places in the country you can go on holiday like places like Cornwall they completely depend on summer um, tourists the summer pe uh, people to come down and visit them in the summertime because in winter time it's a lot more quieter it's it's not the place to go so I think it's really important that when this does all end that people think to themselves instead of going abroad and like and um, and, and going here there and everywhere actually supporting your country and going to places in the country you've never been because there's, there's loads of places to go in England that you can go on holiday which are absolutely gorgeous and a different walk of life you know and I think that would be really important for us to learn as a nation right okay so have you traveled around the uk quite a lot i mean i think when i was your age i was actually already starting to do a lot of travel abroad mm. rather than here and it took me quite a few years before i got around the other way and started saying actually yorkshire is really nice or scotland's really nice or these yeah. sort of places See, I've yet to go to Scotland or Ireland or Wales, which is really bad. I really want to visit all three of them. I mean, I've been saying for years, but that's the thing. It's um, it's like hindsight is a wonderful thing. You think, to yourself, oh, I want to go here, I want to go there. You never do it. And then you're stuck in this situation. You think, why didn't I go? You know, why didn't I go have a look at it? But um, but no, I've obviously, I I go to Devon a lot. I've been to Cornwall. Um, I've been, um, I've been up north I went obviously I went to university up north so I've been around the areas but like I've never been to like the Lake District I've, I've I don't think I've been to Yorkshire actually but that is another place I want to go <gasps> so that's the thing <laughs> yeah I know Gosh, it's bad but, that, but that's the point <laughs> isn't it to actually go and and see other places in your own country it's really important yeah well I mean they're saying now that I mean the other thing that strikes me which is going to be really really difficult to deal with is obviously public transport. They yeah. want people to use it, but they don't want people to be um, obviously too close. Now, anyone who's ever been anywhere near London or got on the tube or buses there knows that you know almost all day they're basically packed. And how to deal with that is going to be just impossible to deal with. They're saying you can drive in. I wonder if they're suddenly going to make available hundreds of thousands of car parking spaces in London. Oh, that, that, don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, Quite. let's hope. <laughs> I obviously was being a bit flippant there. I mean, but it, it is really difficult to deal with that because people are so used to obviously traveling. I can't remember how many people it is a day, but in normal times, I think it's something like 3 million people commute into London every day. Yeah. But uh, just... And it feels like it if you've gone Thamesink. <laughs> Oh my God. I tell you what, trains and me, we're not friends. We're really not. I mean, it's, it's busy and packed enough as it is. And the thought of going onto a train where there's a possible virus hanging in the air as well, really not appealing. Not, not my cup of tea at all. No, but I mean, just the practicalities of saying I go on the train, that's fine, but I'll only sit down on this seat and I'll be make sure I keep two meters away from everybody. Of course, people are walking past you all the time in the corridor, yeah. going in and out the doors. You've got to sort of get through past lots of people. It just isn't really practical at all, is it? No, it, it's tricky. And also, as you said, it's a confined space. It's not like much air's coming in either. So everyone's breathing the same air. Like, you know, it's, it's an easy way of passing on the virus. Yes. Okay. Well, that's right. So um, how do you look towards the future? I mean, I think we all have to obviously say there's going to be a point when things have got under control. But to me, I mean, I'm afraid realistically it's going to be somewhere 
rather nearer the end of the year than you know in a few weeks time but obviously things will gradually get back but I think um, in terms of working yes (laughs) your theatre is going to be very long way before they can do anything with that yes unfortunately I mean yeah, it's it's just it's just little things that I miss really more than anything. Like it's just it's the little things I look forward to, like how you took for granted just calling up your friend and popping around for a cup of tea, you know, and sitting in their house and 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 I don't know being offered a biscuit and taking it whilst now you're a bit more like oh god where has that been like you can't go anywhere near them if you see them you have to be two meters apart also you're worried about like stood on their front drive like talking to them oh god are neighbors watching am I going to get reported by the police to talk to my friend that whole that whole thing just that simple thing that we took for granted every day has just been taken you know I I mean I look forward to those simple things back and also like I'm I mean going I know to a pub or a club and and dancing and having other people around you and, and that being okay like that kind of thing you know I miss the simple things that you take for granted it's just it's uh that that I think that's what I look forward to most just getting the simple things back I think I was just suddenly having a vision as you spoke about dancing in the club presumably in future you're going to be straight thinking it's a bit hot here there's a virus around and it's spreading around here and you're too close to people it's going to actually really impact on people psychologically isn't it see that's the thing even say if they open the clubs tomorrow there is no way no chance that i would go to a club for a number of months now i mean i I, as said by the end of the year until this virus is completely gone and we've got a cure whatever it is i don't think i want to go somewhere where there's going to be loads of people press up against each other because that to me just screams you're going to pass it on so why would you risk it also I mean it's one thing going on a train to go to work that's one thing but going to a club that you don't necessarily really need to go to apart from the fact you just want to have some fun I mean fun is you know you don't necessarily need that so in that situation it's like I, I don't need to go yeah I was just thinking because um you were at the um Harpend and Christmas carnival thing last year weren't yes you? yeah yeah um, and that's a typical sort of thing that you would hope to have uh, arranged at Christmas time but there was something like 22,000 people in the high street in Harpenden. Yeah. And there's no way you can expect to be doing anything like that this year, I suspect. No, no. I mean, that's the thing. And that, and that was such a lovely, it's, it's a lovely feeling that, that, uh, that kind of thing that that market especially around christmas time because it's a time for people to be jolly and to and to get together and to um spread merriment and all this kind of stuff and people being so close together and it's nice and it's a nice feeling of community but that kind of feeling at the moment a lot of people don't want that people don't want people near them don't want them bumping into them I mean, even just brushing shoulders i mean that's just like a a sin at the moment i mean uh, going in the supermarket if someone goes near you hold your breath and just think oh god don't come too close you know because you, you don't know where everyone's been well, indeed, that's obviously one of the things, and we're all just conscious of that now. It's going to be a real psychological thing. I mean, I mean we British have been not known for being so sort of friendly and so on in the way that um, continentals are, you know. Mm-hmm. We don't sort of meet up and kiss on che- kiss on each, each other on the cheeks or whatever. No. Big, big hugs, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is going to make us even worse, isn't it? We've once, always got it to stand is. two metres apart. <laughs> yes, well, it is. I mean, we're, we're not a very, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say hello, we'll give a hug. I mean, that's about it. But apart from that, we're not a very overly affectionate nation. I, I think we can safely say as Brits, but this is probably going to make us 10 times worse from this from now on. It's going to be like, nope, don't even breathe in my direction anymore. Go away, go away. Yeah, I know. It's a bit sad, really. Um, I think... There are going to be, although we're sort of joking about this, really, but there's going to be some real psychological effects. I mean, for example, on perhaps young children, because they really don't understand what's going on. Um, Mm. Across the road from where I live, there is a a woman living in a one-bedroom flat with a husband and a three-year-old girl. 
and the woman's actually pregnant, so she's expecting again quite soon. And this three-year-old girl just stands there half the day, just on the balcony, staring out, looking blankly into space. And she's obviously really bored. And I don't suppose yeah. she can really understand what's going on. No. She can't go to nursery or school or whatever. No, it, it's, it's going to be hard for a lot of people. And also children. I mean, that's the thing. When they're talking about taking kids back to school, the problem is with children is they, they, they just, they don't, they, it's not like they're, they're, they don't understand it's more the fact that they're young they they just they just want to play they want to run around so if you tell them to keep two meters apart I mean especially kids in lower school they don't even know the measurement of two meters they're like don't even know what that is so how could you expect these kids who just it's in their nature to run around and be close to each other and hug and and run and all do all that kind of stuff how could they possibly keep them apart I mean unless unless there's no playtime and they make the kids sit in different classes I mean but that as you said that would cause a lot of confusion and disruption to their to their development was exactly the opposite of what you're normally trying to get them to do go and play with yeah. so-and-so yes yes absolutely yes yeah, it's like yes no don't play with each other you're not allowed to play with each other anymore it's like but why not you know kids they, they don't get it no i know it's very hard to explain it um mm. because it's um yeah okay well look so it sounds to me like you're coping quite well and um I don't, I don't know how do you, your friends you are in touch with I mean are any of them really sort of suffering do you think I mean you, you get that without naming well, names obviously <laughs> no no oh yes that'd be fun no they'd kill me if I did <laughs> no well um one of my friends is actually she she's um uh, actually university at the moment and when this all kicked off obviously the university shut off and said no you have to go home so she's had to do a lot of her um, exams online and, uh, and it's been sent to us so she's been very busy doing essays and exams and it's a really weird thing to say but I'm kind of jealous of her because at least she's had something to focus on and something to do and something to get her out of bed each day and say right I must do this because if I don't do this it's going towards my future and I'll fail so she's had that kind of focus but then like um, another friend of mine, she works in London. The moment this all kicked off, she said, no, I'm coming home. I'm going to uh, live with my family until this is done. So they've been thinking of new fun ways I, I, of like entertaining themselves. I saw the other day she challenged her mum, dad and um, sister. She hid objects that they had around the house um, and she gave them a category of objects. They had to go find each and they were all timed to get back in time. Um, it's like, And I think, I think that game went on for hours, especially for her dad. He could not find it. I think at one point he gave up and had a pint, you know. So, um, but you know, so they they're all coping their own different ways and um, and and finding a way to get through it. But uh, but yeah, but I think it's given all of us a lot of, a lot of time to think about what we really want and and where we want to go and and what we want to do with our lives a bit more and and what's important. And for some people, it's been decorating. For some people, it's been like fitness. And um, and and so yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's interesting to see different friends on how they've been coping in different ways. I do think a lot of people who basically commute into London, sit in an office all day in front of a computer, doing mm. whatever they're doing, they're going to really be sort of questioning: Do I need to do this? Because I've been yeah. gone home doing the same thing, and and actually, I probably get ten times the amount of work done by well, just yeah, sitting exactly. down and focusing on it. Yeah. Um, well, no, companies yeah, are going to have to really deal with that, aren't they? Mm. Well, there's been there's been some people who have the moment this is all kicked off, they've been yet yeah, no go home. You've got to stay home. But like for instance, we have a family friend who's uh, works um, in the flower business. She's um, 
Uh, she works in the distribution uh, side of things. And she was told, um, you, you're going to have to go home now. Um, we're going to uh, follow you. But within three days, they called her up and said, no, sorry, you've got to come back. People really want flowers now. You have to come back because people want a garden. And she was like, oh, and she had plans. She wanted to like get uh, decorating done in the house. She had, she had all this list of things and that was just done. She's like, nope, come back to work. So, you know, some people, you know, have, have come out of this world and others not so much. Yes, I think that's probably very true. Um, it's going to change the meaning of work in many ways, or the way people do it, certainly, I think it's very much the case. Right. Anyway, we've had quite a good um, chat on all this. So um, thank you very much for that, Chloe. Um, I think that uh, I was going to try and summarise this. I'm not sure I can, but I think we're agreeing, basically, that you know a lot of people can cope with it. Some people are going to find it much more difficult. And mm-hmm. I think we're both quite lucky that we're obviously coping. To be honest, I mean, I've been working from home for quite a few years before all this. So to me, it's not so different in some ways. No, but equally, yeah. it is different because there's more people around. Um, yeah. but, but there you go. So, right. Well, thank you very much for that. And um, so let's... Uh, Perhaps we better finish up now and uh, summarise. I think I already summarised that. So um, yeah, thank brilliant. you, thank you for joining me, and thank I'm sure you. we'll speak speak to you again soon. All right then, thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Okay. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam ninety two point six FM. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll listen again to the show. You can subscribe from iTunes, Google Play, and of course from Radio Verulam's own website. RadioVerulam.com